Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, January 3, 2022. Happy New Year to everybody. Let's get off to a great start for the year 2022. What we're going to do is just look forward. We're only going to deal with what's on the chart, what the market does, and what the market's telling us at present. We're coming into the year with no bias. We're going to let the market dictate what the analysis is. We start out with the daily chart, what's jumping off the page at us. We have a market that's eating time off the clock in a bullish, flaggish kind of formation right around the all-time highs that were made last week. So basically, what the market is telling us today is it wants to continue to push higher. Is it 479? Is it 480? Is it much more than that? We're going to let the market trade out for a few days in January, and I'm going to give you a snapshot of what we're looking for. We're not looking for a quote-unquote January effect. That's one of those old wives' tales, as I like to put it. If the market's up in January, it's going to be a positive year, some percentage of the time. We don't work with stuff like that. We work with factual information. So what does January have to do with anything? What are we looking for in January? Well, here's the way I see it. What I do is I look back to other Januaries, and I look back and see what happened, what the makeup of the market was, what did the market do, are there any similarities from year to year? That's what I do. So when you do that, you notice a couple of things. So if the market was trading down into the end of December, which it's done a couple of times in the recent past, then what you find is a January that tends to float somewhat directionless, even slightly positive in nature. But we didn't have that. We didn't trade down into December. We traded up into the end of December, right into the end of the year. We had a couple of pullbacks, but they traded up into the end of the year. So what I'm going to do is go with the Januaries that ended up trading higher. What did they do? Well, here's what we're looking at. We're not going to go back and look at every January. You can do that on your own. I urge you to do the homework. But what we're looking for is a January that makes some kind of a pivot top, whether it's early in January, mid in January, or later in January, and we look for some kind of a sell-off. Is it a week? Is it 10 days? Is it a couple of weeks? Whatever it is, that's what we've got our eye out for because once we see that kind of activity, that's going to tell us something going forward. It's going to, quote-unquote, set the table. We'll talk more about that as the month progresses and we see what the market does. Right now, we take it at face value. We play umpire and we call balls and strikes. What does that mean? Well, the market's making a bullish, flaggish kind of pattern, and it looks like this. It's pretty simple to see. The market moves up and it's basically going sideways, very narrow range near the highs. That's the market's way of indicating that it's going to make another push higher, a continuation move higher. Now here's the umpire part. What happens if it starts to look different? What happens if the first day of the year was what we would call an extended holiday? You have the Santa rally that typically goes into at least the second day of the year. There was a lack of participation, rather light volume, at least lighter than the average volume. You have beginning of the month money flows. 
So we have to somewhat discount the first day of the year for a whole host of reasons. But if the market started to come down, instead of pushing back up, what are we looking for? We're looking for the low of this last breakup candle. The low is 472. That would be under normal garden variety conditions, chart support, in addition to right below, which is a gap that comes in at 470.60. So there's about a dollar and a half span or zone of chart support in that neighborhood if, in fact, we woke up one day, whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday, and the market, instead of pushing higher, was actually trading lower, what are we looking for? Anything below that will be handled in real time from inside the numbers perspective. Just a snapshot of the weekly chart. Again, first day of the year. Let's get the big picture perspective as the year of 2022 gets kicked off and underway. This is a market that's bullish on the weekly chart. It's above all the moving averages, pushing to new highs. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this chart. It's in a bullish formation until proven otherwise. What would begin to bring that into question? Below 470 on weekly closes begins to change the complexion of the weekly chart. Still remains above all the moving averages in that instance, but would begin to change the complexion. The monthly chart continues in a melt-up formation or melt-up operation. Still remains pretty far from home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average on whatever chart we're looking at. However, price is the absolute arbiter, and even though they're somewhat far from home base, that doesn't mean, A, they can't go farther, or B, they can't remain far for a period of time. Remember, this is a monthly chart. They take a long time to work themselves out. Will we see the S&P 500 near its home base at some point in 2022? Chances are yes, but we can't say how long it might go sideways. Home base will creep up to price, but ultimately they're going to pay a visit back to home base at some point in time. Let's also kick off the year from an inside the number perspective. We're going to run through the commentary and we'll circle back to stocks on the move as we normally do. Overnight and in the early morning, they were having an early jam session. They were pushing the market higher. I still contend they've got some unfinished business up around 479 and 480 in the SPY. The ES never got to 4800, which makes it unfinished business. They came up just short and turned away. At zero dark 30, one side of the equation was they could have kept going and run up to retest 479. They hit that one on the button, but they missed the ES4800 number. I'm referring to what happened previously late last year. On the other side, down south, 475, give or take, is the first area of interest should they fall. We were starting out a thin day from a stocks on the move perspective, but it started to heat up a little later, so we'll circle back to that stuff. Let's remember 475, and also remember this is zero dark 30. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical line is today's activity. The line here, the horizontal line, represents 475. They went on a bit of a rodeo. They had a big sell from the high early in the morning. They spiked through it, but what you can see here is that essentially was important. It was support, and they essentially took off from there 
from a retest in the morning session. Let's continue on, see what else we have as the day begins to get underway. Again, 9.05, we're still saying keep in mind the zone around 4.75. We had some late additions to stocks on the move, we'll circle back to those. Pre-market, we could see some initial short-term support coming in around 4.76.45, give or take. And of course, below that, again with the 4.75. So you can see how that comes up over and over and over again. That should tell you something. On the north side, they can make a run for 4.77.50, give or take. It would be overhead resistance if reached sooner than later. Back to the chart, that was right after the opening bell, about a minute into the day. And in the second five-minute candle, where did they go? A high of 4.77.72. And that's where they found real overhead resistance and they collapsed back down to 475, and even 473, I believe, was the low. 473.85, pardon me. And the day keeps going. Let's see what else we have. North side target reach should be overhead resistance. Now, keep in mind, the market was quiet. It was pushing higher. They were only in a pullback at the time. I'm saying 476.40, give or take, is a spot to buy at present, but here it is. If you're willing to buy 476.40, you also have to tolerate the move down to 475, which will be a second price of the same trade. Here's where they would go on a meltdown. They never got there. And as you know, the S&P 500 turned around. They put in the mid-morning low. They did a retest, and they took off from there. And essentially, it was a spike of 475. By 10.03, we should all agree for now, 4.75 is our early pivot below, and we know what the door opens up to, which is 4.73. 10.04, we're talking about one of the stocks on the move. We'll circle back to those. We're going to round out the morning session here from an inside-the-number notes perspective, another stock on the move. Again, we'll cover those, but the market got quiet, so when the market gets quiet, there's no conviction. They float around. They may float higher and that's why we do provide resistance areas. If a trader wants to be long, they want to ride the market up in a light volume floater formation, they're going to have those numbers. For example, getting above 475.60 brings a test of 476.35. They did all that stuff. Remember, we have something for everybody. There are traders that just like to trade the S&P. There are traders that just like to trade stocks on the move. There are traders that like both and more. So we're providing something for everybody. Closing candles above 476.35, if they do, would open the door for a test of 476.75. Not big numbers, but those are the numbers. They kept going. We know the result. They went all the way up to almost the prize today, which would have been 477.95. We'll call it 478. And here, in the last five-minute candle of the day, they try and make a run for it, making a high of 477.85, coming up 10 cents short of the prize cited long earlier. Stocks on the move. We're going to take a look at the chart of AU, JD, EXC, and Moderna. All four that were posted on the board hit their numbers, plus we had one more I'll explain later. We'll start with AU, Anglo Gold. 2021 was the number posted on the board bright and early. We're looking for base hits that turn into more. This one provided the base hit, 2039 off of 2021. Doesn't seem like much, but you have to think about what this is. These are scalp trades. 
that sometimes and many times turn into a lot more, but we're looking for a minimum required base hit. This provided the minimum required base hit. Some traders stayed away from this trade after it came up short and bounced away. Either way, the base hit worked out. Whether or not you took the trade is trader's choice. The next one we'll look at is JD.com. And this is interesting because this brings me to another topic, which is inside the numbers live. What is that? That's the trading room, the live room that's been in beta test for the last couple of months. It's now live. Many of you know that already. And this is an instance where in real time, there's certain things that can happen in the room that can't happen from a notes perspective inside the numbers. It's too fast. That's why we have to learn the process. But this one did a dance around 68.75, which was the first number on the board. When you look at a five-minute chart, it looks like it cut through it like a hot knife through butter. But when you look closer, like a one-minute chart, you can see here that in the first minute of the day, the low was 68.76. Missed it by a penny, and it bounced away. Now think about this for a second. The opening print was 68.90. So it's all the way up to a high of 69.49. So it basically gives you the base hit or close enough to the base hit where you have to scratch that level or that price area off the table and look to the second number. That happened in the live room. That was taken off the table, and we immediately put on 67.70 on the table. Then what happened? Well, now you can see what happened. The rest is history. That number provided the minimum required base hit, and then some for traders that wanted to hold. Exelon, 56.14, posted on the board, zero dark 30, what happens? They come into the number, they bounce off of it, provide the minimum required base hit. The high year was 56.87, rounded first, went back to the bag, they came back into the number, and then went back up into the end of the day. A, the takeaway is the importance of the number, the numbers work. The second takeaway, or the B takeaway is, the minimum required base hit. Moderna, two numbers posted on the board, it didn't work. That's the net net of the trade. It's a big stock, meaning a big or high price stock. So it looks like from an average of about 37.70, give or take, down a couple, three bucks, depending on where you might have exited the trade. If you scale that back to look at it like a 30 or $35 stock, or even a 25 or $30 stock, you're down 20 or 30 cents. It can't really be classified as a shit burger. It didn't work. It was down a little. We move on. In here, I thought they were going to give us the thing. I thought they were going to give us a nice little rally back up to 240 or so. Didn't happen. That's the life of a trader. They don't all work. We know that. And last but not least, Quest Diagnostics, if this one doesn't look familiar, a, it was only provided for inside the numbers live in the room. We have a separate sheet or a separate page where there are trades that come up after the opening bell. This was day one. We only had one. It came up short, bounced away. But as you can see, the numbers work. There is no change. It's the same process. There's just a lot that are going to come out after the opening bell and added benefit for inside the numbers live. The numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? 
what they did was, after running a test of two and a quarter like we said they would or should, they basically ate time off the clock. Now they're making a run to push higher. Today they tested the 50-period moving average and these pivots over here. And we talked about this last week. If they get above, they're going to go fill the gap right here. That gap is 231.58. Doesn't mean they have to stop there, but that would be the next objective. Right now, the IWM is showing bullish behavior. It's my favorite market-leading indicator. How do we use that? It was up one and a quarter percent today against the S&P 500. That was up about six-tenths of one percent. It's my favorite market-leading indicator, and therefore, it becomes a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. Remember this, from a weekly chart perspective, it's really important, these convergence of moving averages. If they get above and they start closing the week or week after week above, that's bullish. It puts them back above all the moving averages in a bullish formation. If they can't or don't or won't, that's a different picture entirely. We'll see what happens by the end of the week. What about the folks down at the transportation department? My second favorite market-leading indicator, but a number one canary in the coal mine, and it was going in the opposite direction of everything else. Good for a canary in the coal mine, but if it's a one-off, we're just going to call it a one-day wonder until it proves something else. Here's what I mean. They're above all the moving averages. They closed right on the 50 today on the daily chart. Whether it's below or above, it's too close for comfort. We're not going to make a federal case out of it. If they start closing below both these moving averages, something else may be developing. If they stay above, then what they're really doing is eating time off the clock. And I know what some of you are looking at. Some of you technical watchers, but we'll also call them name droppers. And I don't mean names of people, but names of stuff. You'll want to call this a megaphone. I don't know if I can draw it with my tool here. It's too small. Well, there it goes. So I'm not sure whether this is valid or whether it is an unvalid or invalid megaphone. To me, an expanding range is interesting, but here, we're not going to worry about the could be, would be, should be, we don't know if it is megaphone. What we're going to say is, below the moving averages and there's trouble, if they stay above, it's in a bullish formation. We don't really have to worry about any kind of megaphone formation. Here's the other reason why I don't have to worry about that. I'm going to use the moving averages a combination of that and the last breakup candle low at around 16,140 as the number. They get below that, there's trouble. They stay above all the moving averages, it's bullish. End of story. Remember, on the weekly chart, from a longer picture perspective, they came back in in a pullback formation to run a test of the breakout area that's over here. They got below it, that's fine. They ran a test of the breakout area and the moving averages, or at least the 20-period moving average. Now they're basically back above everything. So from a weekly chart perspective, it's in a bullish formation. Until something changes, that's the tune. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, also annexed in Austin, Texas, the Q people? Pullback formation above all the moving averages. They want to make a run to test the former high. Different position than the S&P 500. Can they get above and make new highs? If the S&P is making new highs, 
they have a chance. What happens if the Qs can't make a new high, they fail, the S&P makes a new high, and then it begins to fail? We don't know that that will happen, but that's something that's essentially on my radar screen. It's a possibility, not a probability. We don't anticipate things happening. We only say, this can happen. I'm watching out for it. It's not a puzzle piece. It's a potential puzzle piece in the making. What about the financials? They ate time off the clock in between the moving averages. Now they're pushing above. We said if they pushed above, they challenged the pivot and then go fill the gap right above $40. Nothing's changed from that perspective. What would a failure look like in the XLF? If we're being an umpire, we have to understand both sides of the tape. And a failure would begin to look like a failure below 39, but technically below these moving averages, there's a convergence of the 100 and the 20. So below that, it's still below 39, but they're right about or under 39. So we'll say 39 to under those moving averages, they'll be somewhat of a moving target. That changes the complexion of what's going on in the market, or at least in the XLF. Staying above the moving averages, and they're more likely to fill the gap above 40. What's going on with Smash Mouth? Challenging the highs one more time above all the moving averages. Technically, there's nothing wrong with this daily chart, but when I look over at a 120 or a 240 chart, I can't help but notice this breakdown candle. Are they just running a test of the breakdown candle high, which also happens to be the high, or are they going to make new highs? And we can't say one way or the other yet. We don't anticipate. We don't project. We say, here's the situation, and if they close candles above, in this case, a 120 candle above this high, and the high is 318.09, then there's going to be another leg higher. I would say that even if it wasn't the all-time high, but in this case, it is. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. I'm looking forward to 2022. I'm all charged up for another year. And right now, we're going to pull the ripcord on this particular video. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.